I haven't seen my son that kind of wrecked and messed up in the mind, you know. I could see it when he was uh, transitioning. Before transition, I could see it when he was transitioning. I'm like, yeah, go God. Don't we want our kids messed up in the presence of God in such a way that, that their minds aren't clear? <laughs> Think about it. What's a renewed mind? Lack of clarity of the earth. Lack of clarity of the issues, but clarity of the spiritual realm, the supernatural. It's more important to have a renewed mind that we're not worried about the things of the day. We're actually so, if we're worried about things of the day, it should drive us into evangelism like we've never seen before. I believe the purposes of the things that are happening around us, even this pandemic, even this mandatory stuff and everything else that's been going on, I think the purpose of it is twofold. One, the enemy wants to destroy the church, and two, God wants the church to rise up and have revival like it's never seen before. You see, God's desire, he didn't give us this pandemic, don't get me wrong, no way. God's a good God. But the reality is, is in every storm, in everything of life, he's actually looking for his disciples to rise up and calm the storms while he's sleeping in the back of the boat. Chains or freedom? I want to talk about that today. If we're in chains, are we free? Or does freedom release the chains? I love this scripture in Acts chapter 16. It's about Paul and Silas imprisoned. Acts chapter 16, starting verse 16. Before I start, I just want to congratulate Samantha and, and uh, Chris Castle, our daughter and son-in-law of a new grandbaby, uh, their second child now. Um, his name is Charles Brent Castle. Charles was my dad's first name, and then Brent is my name, and then Castle is their name. <laughs> so, Charles Brent Castle. Well, I actually teared up. I, we didn't know what his middle name was until he was born, and they FaceTimed us in, and yeah, and I started to cry. And Chris said, I told you he was going to cry. <laughs> yeah. So Acts chapter 16, verse 16. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl, listen, as we went to prayer. I think we're in seasons where we need to get to prayer. If we don't get to prayer, we're not going to see the miraculous things of God happen. But the interesting thing is as they went to prayer, a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination, that word divination is actually, uh, it, it actually translates python, for pythos, the area that they were at. And the whole Greek mythology, python was protecting, and it, it just, anyways. So this girl had a spirit of python, and she met us. Where were they going? To pray, who brought her masters much profit by fortune-telling, which is actually that word, fortune-telling, that, that phrase that we have is prophetic. And so she's a prophetess on the wrong side. She's gifted, she's under the wrong spirit, she's under the spirit of Python because her heart was wrong. She's been handed over herself, however it happened, to the wrong spirit. Well, what attracted her 
And remember, what attracts people in the wrong spirit are seeing the testimony of Christians going to prayer. Verse 17, this girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. You know what? The devil knows more truth many times than we do. I actually wouldn't doubt he knows more of the Bible, the Word of God, than many of us. The enemy will always try to destroy truth or mock truth in such a way that it means nothing. And so here we have this girl under a spirit of Python running around, not just for an hour, but verse 18 says, and she did this for many days. Interesting. The city of Pythos was doing just their own thing, probably doing just fine. They're normal day to day. They're protected by the spirit of Python. This girl was making her masters lots of money. But then something happened. A couple men, a couple people, a group walked in that had had a revelational encounter with Jesus Christ. <laughs> and they walk in, and it threw the whole thing in an uproar. All they were proclaiming was the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they did this for many days. Verse 18. But Paul, greatly annoyed. <laughs> I love Paul. Actually, I'm, I probably have a little bit of Paul in me. I have traveled internationally millions, millions of miles around this world, literally. And I can take quite a bit when the devil and the demons come. But after a while, when you get annoyed, it took him a couple days, three days, whatever, many days, because she's actually proclaiming the truth of what they're here to do, because she knew the truth. She knew exactly who these people were before they said a word. Paul, greatly annoyed, turns and said to the spirit, notice, not the person. You see, our battle is not against a person. Our battle is against the Spirit. Turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. <laughs> I think we need to walk this earth a little differently. One, we need to be going to prayer and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when that lying, deceiving devil comes up behind you and starts mocking you by actually speaking truth, don't get angry at the person. Turn around and cast the devil out in Jesus' name. Verse 19, but when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, <laughs> oh boy, uh-oh, they're losing their money, girl prostituting the prophetic gift. That's another whole sermon title right there. They used to travel this earth 
because people wanted me to prophesy, and they paid me to do it. And got in with all the other guys and girls that are prophesying, doing the same. And I'll tell you what, I had a reckoning in my hotel room. And I started to say, I'm starting to feel prostituted. Because if I don't prophesy, the honorarium is small. And if I do give words of knowledge to people, the honorarium is larger. And they're all happy and want you back. So I actually stopped. And I had a pastor approach me and say, you didn't prophesy, you just preached the word. Yes. But you're supposed to, you're a prophet, aren't you? Maybe. Why aren't you prophesying? Because we're prostituting the gift, number one, and all the Johns are coming to see the gift prostituted. Because everybody wants a word, and they're willing to pay for the conference to get one. Wow, that didn't, not in my notes. I love the prophetic gift. It needs to rise up, but it needs to rise up in purity. I love every gift. All nine gifts of the Spirit, and all fivefold gifts. I love them all, and they all need to be operating in the church today. Actually, no. They need to be operating in the world today from the church. (laughs) So when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them, literally dragged them to the marketplace to the authorities. (laughs) What have they done wrong? Verse 20. And they brought them to the magistrates. That's one of the key leaders of of the Roman Empire or the empire of that area. And said, these men, being Jews, ooh, didn't know, but being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. These men, preaching the gospel, are troubling our city. Hmm. They were turning the world upside down is what they were doing. But it costs, it costs, it comes with a price. If you're not paying a price, you're probably not turning the world upside down. If you go on social media and everybody loves you, and there's no con- con- you know, people that dislike you, you're probably not doing everything God's called you to do. And they teach customs which are not law- lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. So then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. They were going to prayer. They were going to go pray. And one demonic girl declared truth over them. And it got Paul so frustrated, after days of this, he turned around and cast the devil out. You'd think people would be happy about that. But you see, people people that are so far left... Do not find joy in truth. There's an agenda, a purpose, and the agenda for these guys was making money. That almost sounds like today. Electric cars. Once you all get electric cars, the electricity rate will skyrocket. And then we're going to want our gasoline cars again because gas prices will be plummeted. 
I'm not against electric cars in any way. I just pray that you don't all plug them in at the same time because our power grid will <laughs> shut down. <laughs> Again, verse 22, then the multitude rose up together against them, the followers of the evil, and tore their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison. So they beat them, beat them, beat them with rods. What would we call that today? Abuse of some kind, I, I think. And they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Verse 24, having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. <laughs> For doing what? Going to pray. I'm willing to go to jail. I am not going to stop preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've been in Islamic, communist, Hindu, Sikh, all, many different nations of this world. I have been smuggled in into buildings and rooms where it's illegal to, to worship God. I've been smuggled in. Blacked out windows. I'm going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's my destiny. And I thank the Lord. It is time for us to rise up. Absolutely. But my, my biggest thing is, if we rise up against our freedom, earthly freedom, with the wrong heart, then you've chosen to step into a war, a battle, that you don't think you have victory for. Because honestly, I have a victorious eschatology in my heart. I believe I already have the victory of Jesus in my life. Whether I'm beaten, whether I, I mean, I was going to say can't go to Starbucks, that I might fight for. I'll go protest, but I'm going to do it with the right heart. And I thank the Lord. There is a revival breaking out in the truckers. There's a lot of them giving their life to Jesus and being baptized right now. Whether you agree with what the truckers are doing or you don't, it doesn't matter. They're fighting for a freedom in what's supposed to be a democracy and a free country to be able to protest in freedom. And I'll tell you what, that protest is a whole lot different than some of the protests we had a year and two years ago by another movement. Oh, but GoFundMe will fund them. Because the, the magistrates are in an uproar. Because they don't know what to do. This, this girl made the money. And the little town was doing just fine in their eyes. 
because they were fattening their pockets. But then these guys come in and go and pray. Come on. Come on, man. Oh, sorry, it's that south of the border. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. When we get agitated enough, don't condemn the person or the people. Cast out the spirit, the evil spirit. Look at verse 25. So here Paul and, Paul and, and, and Cyrus, look at, look at where they are. They're in jail. They've been beaten. They've been flogged. They're bleeding. They're bruised. They're beaten up. They're shackled in chains. And this jails, it's not minimum security or maximum security here. They don't have TV, internet, food to eat. It's, these jails are like a hole in the ground, where they, a pit where they get thrown into. Verse 25. But at midnight, what were Paul and Silas doing? They were grumbling and complaining and freaking out, wanting to go beat up the government. No. No, at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening. Isn't that interesting? When you pray and sing, the captive listen. When you have a heart attitude of worship, the sinners want what you have. But if you have the wrong heart as my son brought up, they don't want to be you. And the prisoners were listening to them. In verse 26, a suddenly happened. <laughs> Amazing what praise, prayer, and worship will bring. Suddenly. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. You see, what they were doing supernaturally in the physical realm changed the physical manifestations of the things around. They got more done by prayer, praise, and worship and celebration even though they were bound in chains. When I protest, and my family, we have protested in the past, absolutely, and I would stand and protest right now because actually I'm protesting for freedom Not actually, in my heart, against my government. I'm protesting for the founding fathers of this nation. My dad, who fought the whole Second World War and survived. I'm protesting for the ones that sacrificed and lost their lives. I would protest for the sake of these kids and their babies and their grandbabies to live in a country that was founded on the biblical principles of God. And I will go to Ottawa. I have no problem going to Ottawa. Whether I agree or disagree, disagree, disagree <laughs> with some of the laws that are made, <laughs> make being made right now, I cannot hate the man or the woman. I have to speak against the fear and the evil spirit behind it. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened. 
and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he knew that the Roman Empire would kill him if those prisoners had escaped. Paul didn't cry out, You deserve it, you jailkeeper. No. Remember, Paul and Silas, they're in worship and praise. I kind of think they were amazed at this moment in time. <laughs> wow, did the earth really shake? Or was that just in the spirit? Oh no, my chains all fell off and the doors are open. Oh my goodness. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm, for we're all here. We're having church, man. No chains, no bondage. Whether we're underground church or we're in this building, we're having church, people. Then he called for a light, ran in. It's interesting, the jailer needed the light, but Paul and Silas didn't. And he brought them, well, then he called for a light and ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? Why would he say that? Well, because they were just praying. And the demon-possessed lady, the demon-possessed lady was declaring the truth. Because honestly, what I have found in the demonic realm, when you live pure, and righteous with Christ Jesus alive in you, the demons declare truth. I've heard them verbally to me. You've come to change our city. (laughs) You're, You're right. You're right. I've heard so many things come out of the demonic. But you know what? I just can't live in fear of it because we have victory. I have victory. You have victory. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have victory over it. When I went into countries that that the underground church is in, I actually didn't go and declare on the street corners the issues and the problems of the government. What I did was I went quietly into a group of people that were willing to be beaten, flogged, imprisoned, or killed. What must I do to be saved? Well, Paul answered that question very shortly, briefly, and quickly, and to the point. 
they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You and your household. And I processed that. And you and your household. I understand back then the authority the men had, which is why men have been under attack for a long time. The authority of the home. And that might have offended somebody. A strong woman, maybe. Let me encourage you. I married a strong woman. I'm scared of her. <laughs> because whenever she says something to me, about whatever I'm dealing with or whatever I'm thinking. She's right. Drives me nuts. I want to retaliate against that bad driver and try to convince her, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm only that close to blink my high beams, to let them know that they did, shouldn't have done that. the fear of Jesus Christ but there is absolutely nothing I want to do to damage my family I love them so fiercely and impeccably I have fear of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ not because he's a big bad God wanting to beat me up and looking for my problems that's actually a lie of the devil because he loves us so unconditionally doesn't give me the freedom to sin. That's not grace. Grace gives me the ability to overcome sin. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. If somebody in this room, somebody watching online right now needs to have Jesus Christ in their life, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ right now. Right now. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life and then your testimony will be so powerful that you will be a testimony to your household and you'll probably see your sons and daughters and the family members asking you why are you so happy and joyful in the times of trials and tribulations why do you want to pray so much? And then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in the house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. This is the jailer now washing the backs of these beat up men. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set foot before them, and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. Philippians 4, verse 4 to 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. I'm just going to read that verse 
Who's writing this? Paul. Well, he's in jail. Philippians, you get depressed? Read Philippians. It's an amazing book. It's written from a cellmate, uh, from a cell person, a person who was condemned falsely. Rejoice. Rejoice. It's absolutely amazing what God wants to do in the midst of the storm. He hasn't given up. I believe his destiny is more powerful today in you than ever before. If you're willing to open your heart fully to him and not to the things that we hear and we listen. And if you go protest, you go protest with God in your heart, with Christ uh, as an example and lead people to Jesus Christ. But make sure your heart is right because if your heart isn't right, it's going to be a tough, tough battle for you. Because if our heart's not right, and you lose the battle you've chosen to step into, then you're actually a loser. But if you fight the battle with a victorious heart and lifestyle, you'll always live in victory, no matter what our governments do around us. just try to I want to add a few verses here as we conclude verse 35 oh sorry we're back in uh, Acts chapter 16 I wasn't going to read this, but I kind of feel it'd be a fun conclusion. Because I think we need some Pauls to rise up. So verse 35. And when it was day, the magistrates sent the officers saying, let those men go. The interesting thing is, is they were accused of casting a demon out of a girl. They were accused as Jews, but yet they were Romans. Well, the Roman law says they can't be thrown into jail. But Paul and Silas, they didn't jump around. I'm a Roman. I'm a Roman. I'm a Canadian. I'm a I'm a Oops. What was more important than their earthly nationality was their spiritual nationality. I'm a Canadian, don't get me wrong. I love my country. I fight for this country. But if you're not a Canadian, or you are a Canadian, this makes our heart right. And so now the officers are saying, the earthquake happened, I'm sure it didn't just shake the jail, it shook the whole region. They've now just seen their head prison guard converted to Jesus Christ and all his family and baptized and so the magistrates say let those men go verse 36 and so the keeper of the prison reported these words to Paul saying the magistrates have sent to let you go 
Now therefore depart and go in peace. Good old Paul. Paul, Paul said to them, they have beaten us openly, uncondemned Romans, and have thrown us into prison, and now do they put us out secretly? Uh-uh. There was no secret what you did to us in the public. You beat us. You whipped us. Now indeed, let them, let the magistrates, let the ones that condemned us come themselves and get us out. Magistrates didn't go into the jails. They were too good to walk on that ground. They were too high up the ladder. <laughs> like our high official, not willing to meet. Because it's not freedom that he believes in. So the officers told these words to the magistrates and they were afraid when they heard that they were Romans. <laughs> yep, because now their job's on the line. So the magistrates came and pleaded with them and brought them out and asked them to depart from the city. We screwed up. We're so, so sorry. Please just kind of go. I pray that we have a government willing to say the same thing. We're sorry. We'll meet with you and hear your concerns. And so they went out of the prison and entered the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they encouraged them to depart. And immediately they went to preach Christ Jesus in Thessalonica. Didn't stop them. Let's all stand. Some of us need a bit of Paul in us. Paulina or Paul, take it either way you want. Kidding, kidding, kidding. You know what I mean. We're both men and women. The wisdom to know. To be in prayer in such a way that we know when we're to turn around and not rebuke the person, but rebuke the spirit of evil that is in them. And if that causes us to get flogged, beaten, freedoms lost, thrown in jail, that we won't get dragged to the jail and the prisons fighting and screaming and yelling and kicking like little children. Instead, we'll walk there. And when we get chained up in these world laws, we know what releases us, praise and celebration of our mighty God. Because Paul and Silas were prisoners in eyes of the magistrates, but they were never prisoners in their hearts. God is calling for a church never be a prisoner, but to live in freedom, no matter what happens, 
to rise up, go to Ottawa if you need, Vancouver, whatever the cause might be. And I pray that we put this much effort, like I said last Sunday, into the abortion issue, where murder is happening daily. I pray that we live the gospel of Jesus Christ in us, that we will not get the wrong heart and attitude. If we go to Ottawa, we go knowing that the answer is Jesus Christ. It's not a prime minister. It's not a government. The answer for all peoples is the saving grace and the knowing that Jesus Christ is our Lord and their Lord and Savior if they will just believe. And so I ask Father, as we conclude the service today and get ready for tonight's service. It's going to be a powerful service tonight. I ask, Lord God, that we will lift up in prayer our, our governments, our prime ministers, our federal and provincial governments. I ask, Lord God, that we will believe in such a way that we will see a revival and a breakout and a breakthrough into our government system, Father. That we will raise up men and women of God into the parliaments of this country. I ask, Lord God, that when we go into battle, we go in with victory in our hearts and our hearts are right and not wrong. I ask, Father, for the protests that are going on right now to remove these mandates. I pray, Lord God, that the governments will listen. I pray that there will be a gathering of the peoples. But if nothing else, Lord God, that their voice will have the freedom to disagree and protest peacefully. And I speak that for every group that they have the freedom to protest peacefully in this country. And I pray that I pray that we haven't come to the season where we lose that, subject to the narrative of the government. I ask, Lord God, give them strength. I ask a releasing of the funds. I ask, Lord God, that there will be a rising up around this world to know, oh God, that you are still on your throne. No matter what the government say, you, oh God, are on the throne. The throne room of triumph and the throne room of victory. And I pray that we will open our hearts to the peace that passes all understanding. In Jesus' name we pray. Again, let's say together, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever for our nation of Canada, for the nation of United States, for the nations of this world. Your kingdom come, your will be done. In us. In us. On earth, in us. On earth. We're made from the dust of the earth. In us. As it is in heaven.
Do you believe it? Do we really believe it? We're the ones that bring His kingdom to this earth through our faith in Jesus Christ. Our testimony. vision it is not your option to not be here tonight we don't very often get sent a pastor of over 25,000 person church but as Justin was announcing him I felt like the Lord say I'm prophesying to you windward fill the house fill the house Oh, but I'm tired. Man, oh man. Wake up. Let God be real in your life. But you don't understand. We're going to have supper at that time. Then eat earlier or eat later. Because there's a better food in this house. And start inviting people to come. And if they don't have a car, go get them and bring them here. We need to be real. Maybe we just have too much freedom to not go to church. But yet we want revival. I am tired of preaching a gospel that people don't want to step into it. Not you, of course, you're all here. It is time for the church to rise up. We should be one of the strongest voices, if not the strongest voice in this country. Yeah, but my kids go to school in the morning. Well, that's fortunate. My kids learned how to, as we traveled all around the world, my kids learned how to fall asleep on the chairs or under the chairs on Mexican dusty floors. Yeah, but they need their, their sleepy time. No, they actually need Jesus' time. You want to have a good family? Bring them to church. So I'm looking at everyone to see if you're going to be here tonight. No, I'm just kidding. But I'm not kidding. Let's pack this house. And let's see what God's going to do with a prophetic gifting man in a heart of evangelism. Windward. In the whole Fraser Valley in Vancouver. Have the doors opened for this meeting tonight. Let's come and let's celebrate and see what God will do. Because I know that I know that I know when we gather together with the right heart Victory is always the answer. See you tonight, 6 o'clock for prayer, 7 o'clock for the service.